Welcome back to Meet at the Quarterback, a Minnesota Vikings podcast. My name is Harrison. I'm Hayes. I'm Andrew. Better, Andrew. Better. Uh, how you boys feeling? Thanks, it's been a it's been a few days. Good win. Let's talk about though our beloved Minnesota Vikings, who are nine and two, uh, atop of the NFC North. Hayes just shared that. Even though we would like to see Green Bay beat Philadelphia tonight, it's never a bad thing to see them down, and they are currently down. Did you say fourteen zip? Now thirteen seven. Oh, thirteen seven. Okay, yeah. who just scored? AJ Dillon. Wow, that must have happened really quick. Yeah, it was. Anywho, I was thinking. I mean, it's somewhat of a win-win. You know, if Green Bay loses, they essentially are completely eliminated from realistic playoff contention. They win. They obviously give us a step in the right direction with clinching that first-round seed and having home field advantage. Yeah. So, obviously, one is much better than the other, but neither is terrible. Yeah. Let's talk about... The new let's, let, let's let's I like the idea of having a MVP of the game, clutch performer of the game, uh should be bench and then biggest surprise. Do we like that? Kind of recapping the game through sort yeah. of those four players. Yeah, uh, yeah. Sweet. Perfect. So Andrew, how about you start? Who we'll we'll finish, we'll finish. No, I'll just go down. So, Andrew, who was your MVP of the game, Vikings-Pats, just on Thursday night, Thanksgiving night, a few days ago? Should be pretty obvious. It was Delvin Cook. <laughs> Good one. Just kidding. Obviously, Delvin Cook was terrible. Um, But Justin Jefferson going for 140 and a tutty. And just making some absolutely spectacular catches. Easy MVP. Hayes? I'm going with Kirk Cousins. Oh. Uh, 299, 299 yards, three touchdowns. Yeah, some, some nice catches by, uh, by Justin Jefferson, but also those throws under pressure were beautiful. So I'm giving it to Kirk. He now has, I believe, six game-winning drives this season. A game-winning fourth quarter or something. I don't know. I think it's, yeah. One it's, of the best fourth-quarter quarterbacks in the NFL. It's five or six. I think it's uh, both. It's both? It's six of each one. Yeah. Okay. Six game-winning or, or six game, uh, comeback drives in the fourth quarter. Uh, that's an impressive stat. That's a super impressive stat. It's, um, he's a beast. I'm... Say it again. I just said he's a beast. Oh, Kirk or JJ? Kirk. Kirk is good. JJ is a beast. I would say. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna I'm gonna have to agree with Andrew that uh, MVP of the game was definitely Justin Jefferson. 
Uh, Kirk Hayes, I will say those were the two that I was debating between because Kirk's Kirk undoubtedly had his best game of the season. Uh, 30 for 37, 299, three touchdowns. First three touchdown game, which Hayes, you predicted. So congrats. You have to, yeah, I feel like you, you would have, you were going to get it eventually because you've predicted it probably half a dozen times. So yeah, that it's bound to happen for you. But I think that was his highest completion percentage of the year. Um, his most yards through four quarters. Obviously, he threw more against the Bills, but that game went into overtime. Um, and then his most touchdowns. So it was close. And I think I, I ended up going with JJ for a similar reason to what Andrew said. Just the the catches, the throws that Kirk make were were great, were good, were really, really good. And the catches that JJ were making were insane like you had it right the first time the throws were great okay sure Hayes. the throws were great the catches were unbelievable um catches were very good a very good wide receiver doesn't make those catches a very good wide receiver doesn't even get in position to make those catches which is why i think kind of justin jefferson took that next step of just i mean he he made plays happen. He got open to he, – he gave Kirk the trust to make those throws. Um, I thought, yeah. Well, he had nine catches, 139 receiving yards, and a touchdown. I think that was now his eighth 100-yard game of the season, maybe seventh. One, Probably two, seven. three, four, five, six, seven. That was his seventh. But yeah, I think he's he had – solid. I think he had seven all of last year, or at least. I'm just gonna now. I want to double check. I'm just curious. Well, he's already got close to 1,200 yards this year, or something like that. Yeah, 1,232 yards, five touchdowns, 81 receptions. Um, did you see he is one yard short of the receiving lead? Yeah, uh, Tyreek beats women hell. But I think Andrew, yeah, he's one yard. But I think he has, uh, maybe they have the same number of reception as well, or I think he might have less receptions, which would make it even yeah, more impressive because he's making. It means he's having bigger plays. Um, JJ had seven 100 yard games all of last year, and he's had seven through 12 weeks. It's just showing wow. that he's, he's once again, making, each year he's getting better, which is so exciting. And just, I love it. It's amazing. The disgusting fact that Austin Eckler is fourth in receptions with 80. And he's a running back. He's a running back who has 497 yards. I like that stat because he's on my fantasy team. So it's just free fantasy points for me. Yeah, he's a reception merchant, check down merchant. All right, let's move on to clutch performer of the game. We'll start with Andrew. My clutch performer would be. 
I was debating between two guys. Do you need a second? Um, yeah, yeah. Hayes, go ahead. I haven't really thought about these questions. Well, we did talk about it last week. Okay, I actually have mine. I actually have mine. All right, go. My clutch performer would be Kurt Cousins because that's literally like one of the best defenses in the league. He had the second highest completion percentage ever against Bill Belichick team. And he had 300 yards and three touchdowns. Very clutch performance when we are down our best old lineman. I did not know that stat that it was the second highest completion percentage against Bill B. Yes, sir. Yes. That's impressive. Um yeah, that I can't can't argue with Kirk Kirk Cousins. It's a solid, solid choice. Hayes, let's hear you. Give me the entire offensive line. You're Ooh. facing one of the best defensive te- defensive lines in the, the NFL. entire. Yes, give me the entire offensive line. Everyone performed really well. Um, Blake Brandell stepped up when he needed to. Bradbury had a good game. One sack allowed against one of the best defensive lines in the NFL. Coming into that, I believe Matthew Judon and whoever else is on that line had like 89 pressures and a combined like 19 and a half sacks. They didn't get a single sack and it was only like seven pressures. So offensive line needed to play well to give us a win. They did that. So they are the clutch performer of the All game. right. All right. Hey, it's good. Good analysis. I can't disagree with that. Well, I can kind of disagree because there's one guy who I would say we should bench or not bench, but who was the biggest disappointment of the week. But uh, Ed Ingram's the biggest disappointment of every week. <laughs> but he I have reasoning why. Huh? He was he pretty was. bad last week. Ed Ingram? I mean, he he created the biggest buzzkill of the entire of the entire game. Our longest, most impressive drive that we put together, he destroyed by having a holding penalty after a third down conversion when we were in the red zone. We picked up a third and five that then came backwards because Ed Ingram held, and then it was third and fifteen, which we you know picked up half of it and ended up kicking a field goal. Yeah. It was. Uh, it, it was classic Ed. Yeah. A huge third down conversion taken back because of fat, ugly Ed Ingram. Because he's unable to do his job and he's the worst offensive lineman in the league. Um that's who I was that's who I have as my should be bench or biggest disappointment. But I would also change that to another one after hearing Hayes' stats of the O line being kind of the most impressive it's been all year. But my clutch. Man is old man, not really old, but Adam Thielen, I thought, had a very good clutch performance. Obviously, he had your game cinching t- touch red zone touchdown. Uh, he had a season high in receptions. Um, his first touchdown since Miami. Um, and I think his ability to get the ball and get open and, and have more receptions allowed JJ to open up even more because then they had to start, you know, they couldn't just leave Adam Thielen wide open throughout the game. So I think if if Thielen's able to get more receptions each and every week, JJ's going to literally average like close to double digit catches or at least 150 yards because they'll have to go, man, they won't be able to continue to double and triple team 
uh, Justin Jefferson. Thielen's touchdown came because Justin Jefferson was double and triple teamed. Uh, mm-hmm. Or at least there, there, there are three guys who are looking at Justin Jefferson when Thielen was wide open in the, in the, in the end zone. So my boy, Adam Thielen, clutch performer of the game uh, of the week uh, for those reasons. I like that pick. Nine receptions, 61 yards, touchdown. Solid performance. Uh, what you can get from your two. So, biggest disappointment. I said Ed Ingram. I, I think agree, I agree he is he is bad every week. So, it's tough to just pick. It's tough to not pick him every single week. So I could I would also say slash consider Ed Donatell should be the biggest disappointment. Give me Ed Donatell. That's a that is an amazing answer. Ed Donatell is an atrocious defensive coordinator. Um, oh my goodness, what are that? Three straight weeks this defense has given up more than 400 total yards. They're the 31st ranked defense when it comes to total yardage. He is a bum. Give me Ed Donatell, worst defensive coordinator in NFL history, and he is. The disappointment of this, he should be benched. He should be fired right now. <laughs> Slightly aggressive. A few things to consider and understand. Obviously, you're playing with, I think, now the our fourth string cornerback is now starting. Zadarius Smith, Smith is clearly banged up. Um, but those two things aside, I would agree. You should not be giving up that many yards to Mac Jones, even if you, if you take out the last 40 yards that were obviously prevent defense, you just didn't want them to score. He still threw for 330 plus yards against this defense. There's no, no reason that should have happened. He continues to throw out the garbage zone on third down third and fourth. I'm going to play zone. Oh, I'm going to play Eric Hendricks in the center. He's going to miss a tackle. It's so predictable. This team is so predictable on offense and on defense. Oh, it's the start of the second quarter. Oh, here comes Alexander Madison. He's going to play at least an entire drive. It's the easiest scripted team to face in the league. It's going to come back to bite him soon. Yeah, but I, I would say, I would though make the case that this was KOC's best offensive coached game this season. I mean, you're, you're uh, not. I don't know about that. You're not going to score every single week or every single drive. We had three punts. The third was kind of a, a shoe in like you're up by a score. You just don't want to turn the ball over. So hand it off to Dalvin cook three times and punt. So you really had two punts against a Patriots defense that had not given up a touchdown in three weeks. That Patriots defense is also playing the Colts with Sam Ellinger at quarterback and Frank Wright's last game and Zach Wilson in the, and the horrible jets uh, in a windy Foxborough. So you still don't put up 33 on them, which they had. I'm not saying, I'm not saying it was, it was unimpressive. It was very impressive what they did. You put up 33 against a very good defense, but again, the plays are so scripted. They have a scripted first drive that seems to always work. And then they go back into whatever they, they, they're always doing. And they just, they fall flat. I was happy they were able to put up 33. Good game. But it just, the play calling is just, it's not that impressive. Like water, what the hell are they doing running the jet sweep with KJ Osborne every single third? 
but it worked. It's worked both times. Yeah. They picked up the fourth down conversion and they picked up the third down conversion by running that play. Um, and also, even, hey, you should be happy because this was the most consistent offensive game of yes. the year. Andrew, retweet. It was. Like, there wasn't really much downtime. You scored on almost every single uh, uh, possession. You had one of the best red zones you've had this season. I think you were either three of four or four or I think you're three of four or three. Who were they in the red zone? They were either three or four or three or five. One of which was the stupid Ed Ingram hold that had them settle for a field goal. I'm sorry, three of five scoring a touchdown, meaning you got points every time you enter the red zone. Um and you got a touchdown 60% of the time. One of which again you would I would blame Ed Ingram for being literally the worst offensive tackle in the league. Touchdown 60% of the time in the red zone isn't that impressive. But it's better than what it has been. Also disappointment of the game. Give disappointment of the game Greg Joseph for again missing an extra point. Yeah, he's gotta go. Rodrigo he will be a liability. He is a liability. Anyone's better than him, than than Greg Joseph. Yeah, it's it's concerning. Anyone, it's very concerning. Um, but okay, so Hayes, you said Ed Donatel. I would probably agree. Ed Ingram, Ed Donatel to Ed's terrible. Andrew. Biggest disappointment of the game. Same. Ed Donatel sucks. <laughs> Ed Donatel sucks. And same with Delvin Cook. He had a terrible game. I mean, all, all you ask is to, like, Not impressed with Cook. He looked like he was even trying. It was His weird. longest carry was six yards. And I think he averaged under two. And Madison's was eight, and Madison had three carries, so. Oh. Uh. That is so pathetic. Yeah, it was definitely under two. Yep, Cook averaged one point nine yards per carry. However, I will say again, this isn't. This has nothing to do with that. It's not a positive to Cook, but it's a positive to I think KOC's play calling by continuing to pound the run. You opened up play action for Kirk, and Kirk in play action is probably one. Of, that's one of his his biggest strengths. Uh, finding guys open with that play action pass play call. Hawkinson and Thielen's touchdowns were off play action. Jefferson's longest catch of 37 was a play action pass. Um, some of the biggest and most important plays were off play action because you pounded the run early. So even though it wasn't good and Dalvin Cook performed very poorly, KOC sticking with with running the ball. Um, obviously, I'd be saying something differently if we didn't put up 30-plus points, but by pounding the run early – you opened up play action and it created some of your best offensive plays in the game. And I, I, there's no reason to be mad about that. Well, yes. Nice job running a play action. Horrible job by Dalvin cook. Uh, <laughs> running the football. We can say that hundred percent. He's one, 1.9 yards per carry. Okay. So we're I, saying I, the same I, thing. My whole point is he stuck with the run. Sure. Yes. Agreed. Okay. 
biggest surprise or most you it, it can be you know positive or negative negative either who is someone that you thought was going to be way better than they were and they were terrible or someone who you did not have high expectations for that were very good um kj osborne continues to disappoint one reception for eight yards today uh he is apt absolutely screwing me over for predicting over a thousand yards for him um i don't even know how many he has right now 250 i think he's been horrible okay kj osborne andrew i would say kenne nwangu hey because he, I know we've kind of crapped on him a lot this year because he does have some returns where it's just like 15 yards, 20 yards, rarely gets over to the 25. But he does have three or, or whatever it's called, returning return. touchdowns. Yep. And it's just two years, which is one every like, I don't know how many games, four games maybe it said. Um, or no, it can't be four. Maybe actually, because he missed some time. Anyways, he had a really good return that uh really kind of woke up the team. I felt needed it in a big moment after they just took the lead. Yeah. Um Andrew had the same guy. Ed Wong was the biggest surprise. Uh pleasantly, obviously. I mean that that kick return for a touchdown was huge. Um uh, and it was his first uh it was his first touchdown in almost a full year. He had his last one in that what was it here? I just had it up. 49ers game. Um yeah, the 49ers loss. Yeah. That was his last one. And yeah, he he didn't play the first six games of his NFL career. So he had two touchdowns in 10 games last year or two touchdowns in 11 games last year um well no we'll say two touchdowns in in 10 games because when he did play uh it was on defense he didn't even return any kicks his very first game uh out returning kicks he scored a touchdown so he has three touchdowns in 20 games so Every seventh game, he's he's scoring a kick return for a touchdown, which the NFL record or the NFL leader right now is nine. So he's a third there in a season and a half. That's super impressive. Exactly. So I agree. I think maybe we need to continue to shite on him because I was so sick of him until that touchdown. And now he uh, – I will not ream on him for the rest of the year. <laughs> yeah, good. So, yeah. Well, I think we can kind of close out here. Just Is Hayes gone? I don't know. Well, I turned the cameras off because your guys' is it's super choppy. Is it better now? It's way better now. But it was pretty choppy for a while. All right. Um, Rep. But the other thing I wanted to point out was I thought in, in, in sort of what we said, keys to win, keys to winning, 
Um, I thought it was going to be winning the turnover battle. We lost the turnover battle and we still won that game. So yeah, that was a pleasant surprise. Um, I would agree with Hayes's point. The offensive line was substantially better than I think what any of us expected. Um, and yeah, even the defense is very, very disappointing. I don't know when Dantzler is supposed to be back. I'm hoping maybe these these ten days off will allow Zadarius Smith to rust up, so he's able to kind of be a playmaker again. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, yeah. I think the defense is bad. But I think we are missing, you know, some pretty big contributing players that hopefully once they return, we see a little bit different <laughs> some some positivity yeah if you can get you if you can get healthy here over these next 10 games i think you should beat up on the jets i think you need to beat up on the jets agreed also never mind no sad uh, just that we held them to 45 rushing yards was very impressive, especially without Alvin Tomlinson, our best run defender. Yeah. there. I mean, like with every game, there's, you know, the the positives and the negatives. The pass, the pass defense continues to be a major, major concern. The run defense hasn't really looked too bad this year. I'm trying to refresh my memory i mean even though we got destroyed by the cowboys it was primarily i guess it was tony pollard he he destroyed us all around but again we're just going to block that game from memory um other i'm trying to think of other running backs that hurt us and i really don't think there was much so yeah the run the positive run defense negative (laughs) Uh, past defense is a concern. So, for sure, as long as we can get Dantzler back by playoff time, I think that will be huge. Um, and yeah, we have we have the Jets next week, so we will prep them the next time we we speak. We'll give predictions there. Um, I haven't tallied up the predictions, but I think we'll we'll all be somewhat close i'll be curious to see where we all stand we all had Thielen scoring a tutty we all had hawkinson scoring a tutty um so that will we'll we'll tally that up we all predicted the vikes to win and they did that so that's good i'm 11 and 0 congrats (laughs) i have not yet predicted a vikings game wrong so well Once again, if you have a Vikings loss to the Jets, we'll just keep you out that episode. We'll see. Andrew, you were super close with the gamble, to be honest. Yeah, I was very close. Thank you for realizing that. Because it wasn't even a gamble. What did he say? Oh, they're going to have one sack and one turnover or something like that? Hey, you can't say that. No, He said zero sacks, zero turnovers. And then they had one sack, one turnover. Or, yeah, which I mean, I wouldn't say that's 
you agreed to it the time of. If you thought it wasn't a gamble beforehand, you got to speak up. I did. They let up seven sacks in the game before. And there was no change. <laughs> exactly. We actually got worse, probably. And New England had, had I think, gotten a turnover every single game thus far, averaging almost one and a half to two a game. So I think it was a fair a fair gamble prediction. Yours was insane and not even at all close. Halfway there. <laughs> Mine wasn't close either, so it's fine. Um, okay. I'll add that up, update, let you guys know. Good Vikes dub. We're nine and two. Top of the NFC North. What's the Packers Eagles game at the moment? 20 to 14 Eagles. All right. So might be a game, might be a shootout. Yeah. Go uh need Devontae uh Devontae Smith to do something. So go for that. He's is getting beat down by Miles Sanders. <laughs> That's what I heard. He's not happy about that. No, I'm not. And I'm and I'm about to beat uh flying hot dogs. So if you're listening, you're about to get beat, buddy. All right, we'll close out here. This is Meet at the Quarterback, a Minnesota Vikings podcast. My name is Harrison. I'm Hayes. I'm Andrew. And our Vikes are 9-2, and two, baby skull.